We thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching from Metro Church. We hope this inspiring message will empower and enrich your life. Amen. Last time we were together, we started a little mini-series on lessons from King Solomon. Uh, We talked about the topic of learning how to pray prayers that move heaven. You remember that? And so we, we looked into the life of, of Solomon, and just as a young guy, 15 years old, his, his father, King David, passes, but before he passes or dies, he actually transfers the power of the kingdom, the throne of Israel, to Solomon. And so Solomon, only being 15 years old, he could be praying a whole lot of things, and most teens would probably play, pray something a little bit more self-centered than what we hear Solomon pray. Solomon actually prays not for riches or for the death of his enemies. He prays for wisdom and discernment on how to lead this great people, God's people of Israel. Are you hearing this? And uh, I I was blown away by that, but I was also blown away that the Bible actually says the Lord was pleased to receive that prayer. So it made me start to think, well, maybe the Lord is not pleased to receive some of the prayers we pray. If he's pleased to receive this one, maybe the self-centered prayers that we pray aren't really moving heaven, right? And so if you miss that, you want to go back and pick up on that. But what we're learning about is just how wise King Solomon was. And because he prayed and asked God for wisdom and discernment, God said, not only did you ask for the right thing, I'm going to give you more wisdom than anyone has ever had or anyone will ever have. That's kind of a, a mind game to think, right? But what I think is it also goes on to say that not only did he pray that right prayer, but because he didn't ask for everything else, God gave that to him as well. Ears perking up yet? See, with wisdom comes blessing. With wisdom comes favor. Oftentimes we're looking for the blessing rather than the wisdom to understand how, once we get the blessing, to keep the blessing. And so as we continue into this lessons from King Solomon, we're going to dig a little deeper. Today I'm calling it What Godly Wisdom Does. If you're taking notes, an extra 100,000 points in the game of life, you get an extra piece of cake after lunch. First Kings, follow along with me. It says in, in, in chapter 4, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insights and a breath of understanding as measureless as the sands on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including, and it goes through a bunch of names of really smart people that are documented in history, okay? And his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life, from cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish from all nations. People came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. It's interesting because God gave him wisdom. And as we just heard uh, Brent explain how everything on the earth is actually God's, based on what the scripture says, it made sense why when God gave him wisdom, he had the ability to speak about everything on the earth. Right? But what really catches my eye in this scripture is actually that it says at the very end in verse 34, from all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. 
sent by all the kings of the world who heard of his wisdom. I want to break this scripture down for you, but it's important to understand wise people learn from wise people. Wise people learn from wise people. See, I know growing up that you wanted to look like you knew everything regardless of what you knew. Oh, I knew that. I could have done that. I did that yesterday. Actually, when we choose not to learn from wise people, all we do is stay dumb. So when I was thinking about wisdom and all the things that we could learn from King Solomon, I hope you're ready to lean in and listen to some of the stuff that came from someone that was blessed and favored by God with wisdom. So are you ready for this? What can we glean from this? Number one, God gives wisdom and understanding. It's something he gives. I promise you, if you look to the world for wisdom and understanding, you're going to get man's version of wisdom and man's limited knowledge and understanding. And you say, well, why are we learning from a man? I'm already going down this road. The reality is this. When God gives something special, when God gives an anointing, when he gives wisdom, the things that we're learning from the man aren't actually from the man. You know, who's got a pen? Does anyone use pens anymore? Toss it. Oh, my daughter, look at you. It was almost like we set this up. I preached a series a long time ago called The Author, His Story, and My Chapter. And one of the things we covered in that was this this concept. This is a pen. When I use this pen and write with this pen, who's writing? Well, man's wisdom would say, well, technically the pen is writing. Because you don't have ink in your finger. But godly wisdom says that I understand what's in my heart and I'm writing it and this is nothing more than an instrument. So when godly wisdom sprouts from a man and we can understand it's godly wisdom, we realize it's not the man. He is an instrument being used by God to be able to help us understand. Now let me give this back so that you can write that down real quick. Are you understanding, church? Okay, and so number one, God gives wisdom and understanding. 1 Kings 4.29, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight. Everything that he understood, everything that was, it was given to him by God. Look it, some of us, we have learned some things in the hard knock school of life. Right? Isn't that true? We've learned it on the way. We've learned what not to do based on how many bumps and bruises we had from doing it the first time. Everyone's acting like they ain't been there. Oh, you all angels, aren't you? Now listen, we learn through experience, but there's an ability to learn through other people's experience, and it's even greater when God has given them wisdom, and we can glean from the wisdom that God has given them. Because honestly, you vote with your feet. I don't know why you come to this church. I lead this church. I don't get it. But clearly God is using this silly instrument sometimes to speak to you. It's okay. I can make fun of myself. You can laugh too. Right? But the reality is this. When God gives wisdom, we need to lean into it. And so King Solomon, it's very clear, it says in chapter 4, that God gave him wisdom. Wisdom is something you can seek, by the way. More importantly, I think it's important to realize wisdom wants to be found. 
Wisdom wants to be found. We're talking about all these amazing proverbs, uh, you know, that, that Solomon, you know, all these people that wrote these proverbs. We have to understand when someone says, well, that book of the Bible is written by man. No, they were the instruments in which God wrote his story through. Nothing different than a pen being written by whoever's writing with it. Right? And so this is what Proverbs says, talking about wisdom. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. What is this scripture saying? Wisdom wants to be found. Wisdom is not trying to hide. Wisdom wants you to understand things that are going to save your life and preserve your life and preserve your family line and preserve the next generation. Wisdom wants to be found. So why is it so hard to find this day and age? Because people are looking to man rather than to God. What did man say for me to do? I'll just go do that. God gives us wisdom in his word. And so, who gives wisdom? That's the wisdom we want to lean into. And wisdom doesn't just, it's not something that can be found, it wants to be found. Are you following me? Number two, the wise learn from the wise. I got ahead of myself earlier. I had to give you a little sneak peek of this one. But 1 Kings 4.34, going back to that other scripture, I said, from all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. You know, you've got some friends, and when you think about them, you wouldn't say they're known for their wisdom. You got some friends that when you think of them, you think maybe they're known from some other things. We'll just leave it at that. Now, I'm not saying there couldn't be good friends. I'm not saying that you shouldn't continue to try to be good influence on them. But what I am saying is maybe you want to limit their influence on you because they're not known for wisdom. See, these smart, wise kings had heard of the godly wisdom Solomon had, and they sent people to go and learn to bring it back for them. Are you getting this? When I dig through the scripture, I see God almost pleading with us to do what he is leaving for us to do, to understand what he's trying to help us understand, the wisdom that he wants you and I to carry as we walk through our daily lives. But oftentimes we walk more by the Bible sitting on our coffee table than we do opening it. I speak, I'm preaching to myself here. Because the reality is, I can't just open the word every time I'm trying to put a message together. I better be in the word for godly wisdom for my daily living too. Right? And so, we have to understand, God is leaving us the blueprint, so to speak, of life. And so, uh, let's, let's continue to dig through some of the the wisdom of Solomon. We're going to go into the Proverbs now. Proverbs 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, 
one of the things I did for many, many years when, uh, you know, I, I wanted to read the Bible and I didn't know where to start. Have you ever been there? You're like, okay, I, I have a hunger to learn the Bible and to know more about the Bible, but I don't know where to start. Do you do that little thing where you just flip it open and point down? That must be my word today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what I did is I realized, okay, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. There are 31 days in the, you know, the, the monthly calendar. I'm just going to continue daily to go through Proverbs for years. I will add other stuff, but this is going to be part of my regiment. Why? Because wisdom comes from Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And the thing that I realized early on as I dug into the Proverbs is you shouldn't just blow through a chapter because literally there are scriptures in there that you could spend a day on. A scripture. And so I'm going to stop after seven and we're going to just break this down, okay? Is anyone out there? Okay? I thought I was in the wrong church. Okay. King Solomon wants us to understand what godly wisdom does. I'm bringing in letters now. Super wise. A. Godly wisdom brings instruction and insights. Proverbs 1 tells us the Proverbs of Solomon for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight. Have you ever been in a moment recently where you're like, I really wish I knew what I should do right now because this is one of those moments where I could do this or I could do that. I think all of us have been there. And I'm not talking about sitting at a drive-thru looking at a menu. Okay? Some people are laughing a little extra hard because when it comes to food, I'm a little indecisive, okay? Because all of it's going to be good. I just have to pick one. But it takes forever. But listen, when it comes to real raw moments in life and you're trying to figure out whether to go A or B, this is a moment where you kind of go, oh, God help me. God's like, oh, I left it for you in the Bible. It's right there. It's right there. And then really you're going, I wish I opened my Bible. Because godly wisdom brings insight and understanding. It's something that I shouldn't in the moment go, oh man, oh man, oh man, let me go figure it out. It's something because I'm in God's word regularly, it comes to me by the remembrance of the Holy Spirit because I actually read it. Now, why would I say this? I'm not trying to beat anybody up. We all have busy lives. I get it. But what I'm trying to tell you is the reality of you struggling with a decision, it can kind of be pulled back when God's word is in you because there's an ability for the Holy Spirit to give you peace about something or to give you uh, a kind of chaos and crisis so you don't do it. Now, make sure you don't mess it up with, mix it up with hanger. Hanger's a reality, okay? Eat, pray, make a decision, Okay. But godly wisdom, it brings instruction and insight. If I'm not brought back to the word of God to glean it, how can I expect God to help me? See, people think God should just be on call and tell me what I want today right now. He can do that, but what I realize is God rarely repeats himself. And so if he's already said it and he's given it to you to go find, we should be digging in God's word to find it. I'm preaching to the choir. You're all in church today. Give yourself a hand. No, only, only golf claps. It's a holy place, just golf claps. Listen, the more God we have in us, the more of his word we have in us, the greater instruction and insight we have. Wisdom that matters. Say wisdom that matters. 
does that insinuate that there's some wisdom that doesn't? Yep. B, godly wisdom helps us understand right from wrong. Proverbs 1.3 goes on to say this, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. How many think you look around the world and you see a lot of injustice? You see a lot of things that aren't fair. Oh, look beyond our country. There's so much more than what would come to your mind because of the cable station you watch. Regardless of either side, by the way. What I'll tell you is there's a lot of injustice in the world. When I travel and do ministry and do missions, I sit here and think, we think we've got it bad in America. Oh my. There may be a clinging on of a small amount of people that are still holding on in this post-Christian modern era to Christ in America, but it's still so much more than in other places of the world. And I'll tell you, when something is not right and it's not just and it's not fair, it's because there's no God. So when you say, I can't believe this problem, this is so wrong, it's because God wasn't allowed in. Are you getting this? Could it be that simple? Yes, it could be that simple. Now, I'm not going to to say those that don't believe in Jesus should start acting like Jesus. I'm not crazy. But what I do know is that when we allow God into the situation, what is right and just and fair becomes a little bit more plain to see because he brings the wisdom to understand that. And these are things that we're gleaning from King Solomon right now. Are you getting this? So if the one who created everything gave us the definition of truth, just because a lie becomes popular never makes it right. So we always go back to the inventor, right? You know, how many people grew up and watched a little bit of, uh, of uh, what, what is it, The Little Mermaid, right? I grew up with a bunch of girls. I watched a lot of Little Mermaid. Thank you. Thank God for, like, Scuttle and Flounder, some of the little boys that are in these movies. It carried me through, okay? Um, but, but what I'll tell you that's funny is when Ariel finds the Dinglehopper and they're explaining all of these things, they have no clue what they're for. And that's what the world does. The world goes, that's what this is for. And God's going, no, 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 I created it. That is not the definition of what I created it for. But we think we're so enlightened and so intelligent But we don't lean into the word of God to gain the instruction and the truth and the definition that came from the creator. You're walking around combing your hair with a fork. You look silly. But everyone's doing it. But it doesn't make it right. Okay, I'll move on. Godly wisdom helps us understand what's right and wrong. Are you still getting anything out of this? Okay, I'm in the right building again. C, godly wisdom separates the ignorant from the experience. You say, that's not nice. It's what the scripture says. Proverbs 1.4. The scripture for giving prudence to those who are simple. What is prudence? Preparedness. Wisdom for preparedness. Being prepared, right? And then what's it go on to say? It also gives knowledge and discretion to the young. See, the most the, the problem most experienced older people have with really, really younger, younger people isn't just that they wear different clothes or listen to different music. It's that they believe they walk too much in ignorance. They speak before they think. That's where, they, that's where the breakdown really gets. Oh, generation blah, blah, blah from blah, blah. No, 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 no. It just comes down to this thought that they aren't actually thinking through the process. Now, whether that's right or wrong, I leave that for the young people to judge because they will. 
But what I will say is this. Godly wisdom, that's why you can meet somebody who they'll say, people will say, that person has wisdom beyond their years. You know what that concept is? They actually gleaned wisdom from a source where the definition is accurate and they're living beyond their years. That person might be 25, but they've got a portfolio like they're 45. That person may be 18, but the way that they gave advice, it's like they're 36. Hello. That person may only be 30 years old and they may be taking a church, but it's because of wisdom beyond their years because they have sought the truth from the beginning, going to the word and the wisdom, and they have accepted the creator's definition of truth beyond the world's concept of truth. See, when we decide to live in God's wisdom, we all of a sudden are, they're wiser beyond their years. No, we have just gleaned into what God's word says about a subject and we have held it secure and fast and saying that is truth. I'm telling you, it separates. It separates, right? And so let me continue because I'm almost out of time. You always take my time. <laughs> Letter D, godly wisdom must be received. This is something that King Solomon makes very clear. What does it mean? God's putting it out there, but you have to receive it. There's got to be a reception. There has to be an acceptance of the wisdom, right? It's added to those willing to listen. It has to be accepted by the hearer. It's not accidentally going to become a byproduct of a bystander. Look what the scripture says in Proverbs 1.5. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. I, I, I was kind of a harder head growing up. You know, maybe it's a byproduct of being a younger child, so maybe you know, I thought I could get away with a little more. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And there have been many times in my life where I heard, didn't you hear me? Did you not hear what I said? And I would normally point to Brent like it was his fault. <laughs> but my father would say, did you not hear what I asked of you to do? <laughs> you know, God is still asking for us to do things. Wisdom is calling out, asking for you to listen. But sometimes we can just be hard-headed and not want to because we take the lazy approach to life. It's just easier to be ignorant to that, so I'm just going to not dig in there because otherwise I'll have to live accountable to what I now know. Maybe some people, they know they need to go to church, but they only go once a month so they don't actually hear anymore, so they don't have to be accountable the more they hear. <laughs> Say anything with a smile. <laughs> but godly wisdom, it has to be received. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. That's, that's something that really got me. I realized uh, the, the more I listened to my father, the less spankings I got. <laughs> some generation, <gasps> You were spanked on the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> I've been redeemed. <laughs> Father always said there was a nerve connected to the butt to the brain, and sometimes it's the only way to get it. <laughs> but I laugh, but the reality is this, is, is we shouldn't want to learn from our mistakes and let that be 
our school of learning the rest of our lives, we should open up our ears and let the wise listen and have wisdom added to them. Are you getting this? Mm, I don't want no more spankings. We're moving on. E, godly wisdom gives guidance to the discerning. Guidance to the discerning. What does that mean? Look at, first of all, Proverbs 1.5. Let the discerning get guidance. I thought of it this way. It's not GPS where you set it and forget it. For those who are grappling with the decisions before them, for those who are trying to understand what's right, not just easy, godly wisdom will gently illuminate the right path if you're seeking. It's not like you're going, you're going, and it's just going to keep yelling at you. Is anybody ever recalculating? Recalculating. Let someone else drive. Recalculating. See, godly wisdom is going to continue to be there for those who are discerning, for those who are leaning, for those who are looking, for those who are seeking, for those whose ears have been opened. Godly wisdom is there, and it's going to gently nudge. It's going to gently impress upon you what is right and what is wrong and the things to do. And what you need to do is stop suffocating the spirit when it tries to communicate with you. Sometimes we choose to do bad, even though we know it's bad, and we suffocate the spirit trying to tell us not to do it because we want to just do it anyway. And the more we suppress and suffocate the spirit, the less we hear it the next time. Are you getting this? Let the discerning get guidance. Our guidance is there if we understand to lean in and discern it. Are you getting this? All right. Letter F, godly wisdom separates the wise from the foolish. We're talking about what godly wisdom does. It it, it separates again. Look at the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Why do fools despise wisdom and instruction? Because they would then have to be accountable to it. The, the problem with our world today isn't that they don't believe in God. Many, I, I was just recently talking with somebody, um, long story, it's funny, I, I sold a pair of shoes, sent them to Canada, right? I don't, I've never done this before. But it sparked up this conversation with some guy, and um, he admits that he left faith and was an atheist for a time, but now finds himself as an agnostic, right? So atheists don't believe there is a higher power. There is no God. Agnostics believe there could be, but they haven't seen it. And so they just, they're open if whatever wants to reveal itself. You, you understand the difference? This all came with selling shoes. I don't know how I do this. <laughs> but the point that I was trying to make is the world... They don't want to just say there's no God, but if there is no God, then they don't have to be accountable to him. So they're going to, unless he comes down on a cloud, they're just going to act as if there's no God, but they're still going to be open in case. Really what it comes down to, though, is accountability. If I believe there's a God, then he must have something to say. And if I believe God has spoken, then it must limit what I can do and what I can think and what I... Do you understand what I'm saying? It becomes limits. People see them as limits rather than healthy boundaries. Right? So they rather not 
believe in a God, so they have no boundaries, but then when they live on the other side of no boundaries and they live with a life that literally is in chaos, they don't understand why, but then they look to man because they don't believe there's a God, and man perpetuates the problem. Why am I telling you all this? Because I'm begging and pleading with you to stop just leaning into man's wisdom and understanding. I know that there are very smart people. I love the fact that we have the ability to continue to excel in learning. I love the fact that we have the ability to continue to go for doctorates and continue to do all this. But the minute you're learning stops your learning from God because now you know enough, we're in a problem. The minute we walk in, young people, the minute you walk into a university and the person standing up at that, that, uh, that new pulpit style starts to tell you all the reasons there can't be a God because they've chosen not to believe in one, guard your hearts. Because all they're doing is they're trying to exchange the definition of truth God gave you with man's definition because they don't want any accountability to a real God that could actually judge them. I hope you understand this. Wisdom is understanding that there is a God and that he loves you very much and that he gave you an opportunity to get right with him. Why do you need an opportunity to get right with him? Because we've all done so much wrong. We've all messed up. We've missed the mark. That's what sin means. It just means missing the mark for your life. Whether it's stealing those cookies when you knew better or whether it's making that shady deal because you knew better. We all need a savior. And we couldn't do it on our own, and that's why God sent his son, Jesus. Would you bow your heads? We hope you've enjoyed this teaching from Metro Church.